Welcome to the Marketing Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Barker, and my guest today is Daisy Jing. She is the founder of Banish, an e-commerce-only brand that sells all-natural organic skincare products. She started as a YouTube blogger where she documented her struggles with acne, and it's that journey that led her to becoming an entrepreneur. Daisy's company is now a multi-million dollar company, and she joins us today to share her journey from bootstrapping Banish to turning it into a seven-figure business. However, before we start discussing how Daisy grew her successful business, I want to tell you, my listeners, that my team and I can help you do the same thing. We've helped businesses skyrocket their revenue through customized digital marketing. Some of our services include influencer marketing, online PR, SEO, content marketing, and more. We can help you grow organic website traffic, generate sales, and boost your ROI. Sounds like something you'd be interested in? Well, visit our website at shanebarker.com. That's S-H-A-N-E-B-A-R-K-E-R.com. And now let's get back to Daisy and her multi-million dollar business, Banish. Daisy Jing, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. We're excited about having you. Yeah, thanks for having me, Shane. I'm excited Absolutely. to share my story. Yeah, yeah. You've got a, a quite an interesting story. We've been following the story for a little while, and uh, we were actually excited about having you on the podcast and to be able to tell your story. It's been uh, quite an emotional ride for you, huh? You've been kind of some ups and downs, and you started this business, and just that the background, that's why I was excited about having the interview today is to be able to talk about the backstory and kind of how we started. So, or how you started and how we found you. Um, so great, why don't you give us a little backstory? I wanna kind of get, I always like to know a little bit more about the, the people that I interview. So where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in Minnesota. Um, and so this kind of, I feel like jump-started my uh, entrepreneurial journey in hindsight because I grew up first generation immigrant, very poor. I was the only Asian person in my whole community, Asian family, my Mm. whole community. And I was also bullied a lot because I was different from everyone. Right. And just being poor, not looking like everyone else, feeling like an outsider constantly. So I always kind of did my own thing from such a young age. And I feel like that gave me the independence to start this company in Mm. retrospect. Right. Um, yeah, so I grew up in Minnesota, um, you know, we were very poor, so I was very scrappy from such a young age. Um, I was just kind of hustling on the side too. Like I would take jeans at Goodwill and I would bleach them and sand them and then resell them on eBay or just like buying and selling vintage stuff on eBay. So I always had this kind of hustle and arbitrage, um, mentality when I was younger. Uh, but yeah, just being different and an outsider always made me feel a lot more independent and comfortable. Um, just doing things on my own. I love that. So, I mean, not the fact, well, I mean, I love the fact that you were able to take something that obviously is probably very difficult on a daily basis and turn it into something that was positive. And I think that's really what intrigued me about your story is that, is how you've, you know, I mean, once again, I can only imagine, you know, being, you know, an, you know, the only Asian family in a certain area and where there's nobody else that you can in theory relate to, right? Because of, you know, because of how, and then also the money side of things, obviously it doesn't make it an easy situation, but you've able to turn that around, right? So that's, that's what we're excited about chatting with today. But so how big was your family growing up? Uh, it was my parents and then me. And so my parents both worked. Um, my mom also worked at McDonald's. She didn't know how to speak English. So she was in the back flipping burgers. Um, I was just home alone a lot of the time because <laughs> that was the only like option. Uh, so it was a very small uh, family, but again, just me being at home all the time allowed me to work on like my individual projects, whatever they were when I was, you know, six, seven, eight years old. Staying active and staying productive. I love that. So what would be any interesting facts about growing up? I mean, other than it was kind of you by yourself in the community. Uh, I had acne. I had really bad acne 
And that is the impetus for starting my own skincare line, Banish. But uh, I had acne since the third grade. And just right when I got the first pimples on my nose, it was this constant struggle of trying to fix my skin and trying to solve it. And that lasted for, you know, the next 15 years of my life. So in retrospect, without having the acne, I wouldn't have my business, right? But that was a huge part of how I viewed myself and how I viewed how I viewed myself in the world. And even with my company today, Banish, we're always solving the mental health aspect of having a skin condition like acne, because now looking back upon my journey, I realized the self-confidence hit is way worse than the actual effect that acne does to your skin. Yeah, I I can only imagine, I'll tell you, and and everybody's hearing this as a podcast, but I can tell you right now, your skin right now looks flawless. Like there's like no issues whatsoever. So obviously the company that you started and, and, and the years that it took you to be able to come up with that formula, to be able to do that, um, I can tell you is working. I can tell you that I can do that firsthand looking at you. You look amazing. So thank um, you. Thank con- you congrats. Yeah. Congratulations on that. I know that's, um, I had, you know, growing up, I had some acne, not as bad as some kids, but I can only imagine. I mean, it's already hard enough in elementary school and junior high and high school. Those are already hard times. Um, and then to add that to the equation, um, it's just not easy. It's not easy. And I, I love the fact that, that you're doing this. A, I think you were doing it originally to kind of help yourself and kind of figure this out, right? But now there's a deeper, a deeper issue that you've, that you've recognized through the years and saying, hey, this is something that I, I want to the company's obviously for profit and, and is making money, but really comes down to the, the psychology of it, like the, you know, how it really affects people. And that affects a lot of people. And I think people don't really understand that if you haven't had acne and had to go through that. So once again, once again, I'm pumped about your story. I know we haven't started yet. We've kind of, we touched on it here a little bit, but we're going to be touching on it here in a, in a little bit, um, here in a little bit. But so where do you currently live? So you're not, you're in LA right now, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. And then where did you, where did you go to school at? Where'd you go to college at? So I went to college at um, Duke University and I went there because I wanted to be a dermatologist, uh, to be honest. So I wanted to go to the best pre-med program and uh, yeah, I started pre-med and then I realized that consuming a lot of details of information is not my (laughs) strong suit. Um, (laughs) And then I switched to economics and psychology as a major, and I love psychology. I love business, and I was just much better at that. So, yeah, definitely switched my major. But in retrospect, now I'm I'm doing something very similar to dermatology. Yeah, you absolutely um, are. I love that. I mean, I think it's it's kind of interesting to hear. And like I said, that's always ask these questions: is the foundation where people started, and kind of where it's taken them? Because it's I was asked about major, not necessarily to make sure that somebody went to college, but some people go, "Hey, I didn't go to college, and they have a successful business." And and what was that journey, right? Because I always think that's a very interesting story. So you went there for dermatology, and you're doing dermatology, just not as a dermatologist, but you're doing something in, in the industry. I think that's that's making waves. And so, what was your what was your first job out of college? So I worked as um, a consultant after college and I graduated in 2010. So this was after the 2008 crash. So there wasn't too much opportunity, but I loved business. And so I thought consulting right out of college would be a good uh, jumpstart and like learning about the fundamentals and different businesses and all of that. Um, So yeah, it was, it was a great experience. um, But I realized that you know, I don't want to work for 20 years of my life just to make senior partner. (laughs) And, um, 
not love what I do where I have to drink myself um, every weekend because <laughs> that was kind of the culture like yeah like people look forward to drinking on the weekends and I yeah I just wanted to do something different yeah looking forward to escaping right that Friday night and Saturday Sunday only to go back to the grind and I I think that's you know that you're seeing this more and more as people looking at like that's just not the life for me right it's like some people great that's great for you you want to do it for 25 years that's awesome but really it's like wait a second like uh, to be senior partner and then just so I can drink more expensive liquor I think what is the goal it's like what what is really the goal of that so you're able to get out so I got you so you're able to so what other jobs did you have because I want to talk next I want to talk about your banish obviously but like what other jobs did you have outside of that well before that i worked at starbucks target the limited i mean i had my fair share of retail um and then after working and consulting i did a stint at a fashion wholesale company and that um that experience really taught me because the boss hadn't gone to college i don't even know if he graduated high school but he was doing well over eight figures a year just on his um, Volusion website. And it actually showed me like, hey, there's other ways to make money than through a college route. So that really opened up my eyes to, okay, well, maybe you could do a business and you can make money online. I love it. I love it. And so let's let's talk about Banish. I mean, we've touched on it a little bit and we've kind of given the audience a, you know, a little teasers here and there, but why don't you tell us the story behind Banish? I, I really want, obviously this is an e-commerce skin brand that you've created. Um, but I want you to kind of go into your story. I want to kind of hear a little bit more about that because I think that's what's going to intrigue some people. Yeah. So I, as I mentioned, I have had acne since I was nine years old. Skin and acne has been a part of my identity from such a young age. And I sheltered myself from high school and junior high. Like I didn't do any of the stuff people would usually do because I was so insecure about my skin. I thought everybody was looking at my acne and I would not make eye contact. And I was just so awkward and shy back then. Um, and then in college, my skin just became so much worse. I was so depressed and I actually made a YouTube video. It was called growing up ugly. And then I just published it on YouTube. Didn't think too much about it. And it went viral. Um, and I was like, Oh wow. People actually want to hear what I have to say, even though I have so much acne and I felt ugly at the time, I, I felt like people wanted to hear what I had to say. I finally had a voice. I finally mattered. So I made more videos and it just kind of rolled from there. And my videos are predominantly me reviewing different skincare products and saying this product works, this product doesn't. I like this product. I don't like this product. This was back in 2011. So, you know, there wasn't much sponsorship, much monetization of YouTube as me on my webcam making videos. Um, so I did that for a really long time. And then I actually started uh, developing my own skincare products because I realized the ingredients in current skincare they're filled with fragrance, mineral oil. I mean, they're filled with a lot of ingredients that make it feel good on the skin when you apply it, but it's actually going to clog your pores in the long run. So it's a very like superficial way to make it feel good, but it actually made me break out because my skin is very, very sensitive. Mm. So, um, yeah, I eliminated those ingredients. I made my own skincare and then people on my YouTube channel actually started noticing and they said what are you using and I couldn't think of what I was using and then I realized oh wait maybe it's from this stuff that I'm actually creating myself they wanted to buy they wanted to get their hands on whatever it is I was making and that's how Banish started so it was literally by accident it was literally organic um and that's how it started so one order became two became four became ten became so so much more 
That's crazy. I think about the courage because obviously feeling like you're ugly and taking the courage to like go into a video, like there can't be anything more difficult. I mean, it's like, okay, I don't feel like I'm good looking. I've had all these issues that I feel like, you know, are haunting me every day. And then all of a sudden I go into a video, which is like, what did it take to click enter on that? Like I can only imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So I did a TEDx talk about this, but I chose the username, which is still my username. It's Dazers89. Like no one will be able to remember, spell it. And I purposely chose that because I was like, this is not optimized for SEO. Um, And so I published it not knowing that it was going to be linked to my Gmail account and like my Facebook and all of that. Um, (laughs) So I didn't, I wasn't thinking like it was actually going to publish. But yeah, people found it. I guess my friends found it and they started sharing it and stuff. So it kind of went viral. Then I was like, it was too late. You know, the yeah. next day I woke up and it was too late. Everyone had found it. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to own this. But yeah, um, thank, I guess, thank goodness that it was public it because did. maybe yeah. this ne- would have never happened. Yeah. The hard part, it's hard to get the genie back in the bottle once the genie's out, you know, it's like, especially if anything goes viral, it's like, I, I always tell people that I, you know, my students at UCLA and also my son and anybody else that will listen, it's like, Hey, just so you know, when you put stuff out there, very hard to get it back in there once it hits the internet. And obviously this was a good thing though. This was something that was difficult for you to do. You did it. And and here we are today, obviously on the podcast. So what were some of the the most difficult challenges that you had starting Vanish? Like what was some of the things that you had? I mean, it sounds like sales started to go well, but obviously there's always growing pains. Like talk to us a little bit about that. Well, the the hardest part was like believing that this could be a business, Uh, just telling, you know, my family about this, you know, they're first generation immigrants. They're like, why are you throwing away an education that costs you hundreds of thousands of dollars to do this YouTube stuff? Like, what are you doing? Are you crazy? Uh, And then just thinking about, you know, there's three big publicly traded companies in the skincare line that own everything. Like, do you really think you can take a bite out of that market? Right. And that was just me looking at it realistically. Like, like I have nothing right in comparison to all the money and talent and all that they had. So the biggest challenge was that those negative voices telling me I couldn't do it, whether it was literally like people around me or just myself, but there was something in me and I call it an outer body experience where I just had to do it. Like I didn't care. I had to do it. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't do anything, but work on it. It was crazy. Like something went over me. (laughs) Um, and I think you need that kind of, what is that? You need that kind of gusto in order to be able to push through those early days, right? Like this, this mania person to get it off, to get something off the ground. So the first few years, it was like that. And then once it took off and, um, started reinvesting in it, I think it was just learning all the like practicalities of starting a business. Um, I didn't really have like a mentor or a co-founder or someone who was like, here, this is all the stuff you need to do. Like, this is how you file for sales tax registration. This is, you don't need to pay sales tax when you sell retail like products. And like, um, this is how you do HR stuff. Like this is how you run payroll. You have to deduct (laughs) these, like all these little things I didn't know how to do. So that kind of bit me in the butt afterwards. And I'm still learning all these things along the way. Um, But I think overcoming that perfectionism and being like, you know, it's okay to make these mistakes when you're a business owner, you learn from it. And now I think of it almost as like a cost of doing business, you know, Um, (laughs) you get a bill for something like, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, it is what it is. I mean, I, I love the fact that you 
that there was something you called an outer body experience. I love the fact that it's like, there was something that happened that was so profound that you're like, listen, this is what I've got to do. And I can only, I wish I was a fly on the wall with your parents with the conversation. You're like, listen, I know we spent a few hundred thousand on the whole Duke college thing, but I want to do the skin thing. And your mom's like, okay, so obviously you've been drinking. So let's go ahead and sit you down. Let's have the conversation again. Right. I mean, it's that it's difficult because it's like, well, this is like my calling. And right. And I think it's very difficult, especially coming from a family that had no money. Right. And saying, listen, we've got you here. This is what we've done. We've worked hard like this. You're making it. You went to college, you finished college. And then then you made the big decision to follow the voices in your head, which we're not sure what that means. And now what are you doing? Right. And then it's like and that's hard. That's a difficult night. I know, especially for um I would say the Asian community, because I have some friends that are like that, that, you know, that I know very well that weren't in college and said, Hey, I decided to like, I don't, I don't want to be a doctor. And their family was like, I'm sorry, what? You don't want to be a doctor. Cause that's what everybody in our family is. Like, how are you not a doctor? Like, or an attorney or something that we can go tell the whole world about. And so I can only imagine that's how difficult that is. It's like this, there's something bigger here, you know, and I don't really know what that is. I'm just letting you know that there's something bigger here. And it's like, that's difficult, right? And I'm sure that's a hard position to be in, but you, you've you been in a lot of hard positions and kind of pushed through last time I checked, I think. I mean, we've only been talking for 20 minutes and we've already heard a lot of things that you've been through and that you've been able to push through. So um, once again, I'm excited about this interview because I think this is just shows that, that perseverance and if we push through, that good things can happen. So, and also being an entrepreneur is not easy. And I always tell that to people, you know, I, I did an interview, I was a keynote speaker at a, or this was well, two years ago now. And they asked me, they said, hey, what do you think, you know, being an entrepreneur, like, you know, what's, what are the, you know, tell us about it. And I said, it's hard. It's extremely difficult. And the interview was way different than the interview that he did with everybody else. Everybody else has said, oh, it's great. And this, that, and I'm like, it is not easy. You know, and now there's softwares and stuff and there's things that can make it for efficiencies, but it is not easy at the end of the day. Like if somebody tells you, hey, it's easy, then they're confused. There's, they're not sure what's going on. Cause there's, you know, when I went to college and I'm not going to tell you how long ago that was, it was, it was a few years ago, give or take a lot of years. A couple of years um, ago. <laughs> Potentially. Yeah, potentially. Um, I have good lighting, so maybe I look a little younger. But anyways, um, you know, it's there was no entrepreneurship classes. And these days, I think there's more with Udemy and stuff like that, where you can go get that those that training or at least get an idea. But it's hard, man, when you're when you because you didn't have a co-founder, right? You said you didn't have a mentor. You didn't have anybody that says, hey, no, don't do that. That's dumb. And you're like, oh, OK, like, hey, you got to file taxes here. Oh, didn't know. Thanks for letting me know. It's like all of a sudden you get a little message from whoever IRS or whoever that is. And it's like, oh, hey, hey right? You got to make some changes here. You're like, I got to pay him. You're like, Oh, I didn't know I had to pay you guys. And then you have to so pay penalty, penalties, interest. And I'm like, that's more than actual taxes. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Learning lessons. Right? right. Right. We made, we made it through it. So, um, so tell us who you, and I can, cause I've done the research. I'd like to get the numbers from you, but you're, you're seven figures right now. You, you sneaking up on there or you're already, you're already well in the yeah, seven we've figures. We've been there, um, for a little been bit there. of time. Yeah. Um, that is awesome. You should be smiling a lot more. I need a big old smile. That's that's a huge accomplishment. That is, there we go. She, you guys didn't get to see it, but she gave me the big pearly whites. Congratulations on that. What did it What did it take to scale? You guys started what in two thousand and eleven? Was that or two thousand? Yeah, twenty. Um, you know, it actually was not too hard to scale, to be honest, because I had my YouTube channel. So because I already had, you know, they say you need a thousand loyal fans to get anything off the ground. I already had that. So there was no cost of marketing for the first few years. So I, I I say this would have never happened if I hadn't uploaded that first video and if I hadn't had made those videos. Um, so after that, we did a lot of just influencers. Um, so back then it was so different. You know, I had influencers who are friends and they would just promote it for free. And um, 
people would just promote things for free. So mm -hmm. it was a good time to be in that space during influencer marketing. And then after that, as the landscape has changed, we've always had to pivot our strategy. But I think what has allowed us to scale is we're not too stubborn, I, not stubborn, how to put it, rigid in the way we do things. We're always constantly changing. In fact, maybe we're changing too much. My team always gets annoyed. They're like, Daisy, is this a new idea, a new like restructuring, a new like way of doing something? But I think that's really important when you're in a the digital space, when you're in e-commerce, you have to change constantly. And I love that. I love change. I'm shiny object syndrome. So uh, we're, we've been able to change um, throughout the years, but there's been a lot of brands I've seen that have not been able to do that. Um, and so I would think that is one of our strong suits and one of the secrets for us to be able to scale. I love that. So you guys started doing influencer marketing, what, eight years ago, nine years ago? Yes. It's actually right when I jumped into influencer marketing. And, and so I, I knew the landscape very, very well. We don't, I don't do as much, you know, managed campaigns these days. So we did back in the day, but yeah, it was a juicy time back then. There was, there was some, some good things that happened. If you had a good product, there was plenty of people pitching bad products, but there was definitely, a, it was an interesting time. It was a lot easier back then. I think it's a little more challenging these days, but once again, not impossible if you're willing to pivot and try some new things. So I want to talk about what advice do you have like for anybody that's looking to start an e-commerce business, right? So you, you found, I mean, I think one of the first things is, hey, you know, find your first thousand you know, loyal fans that love you, right? And I think you did that through the, the YouTube channel. What other information, what other advice can you give to people, to entrepreneurs that are looking to do an e-commerce business? Well, in general for entrepreneurship, to get into starting your own business, you need to do it for the right reasons. Don't do it because of the flashy lifestyle or because you don't want to work for your boss or, you know, clock in, clock out. Like it, you're going to have a whole nother subset of problems you never imagined. So <laughs> do it for the right reasons. Uh, and as for e-commerce, product market fit, I think is everything. People think they have a great idea that people care about, but a lot of people don't care about stuff. Um, they need something that solves their problem that makes their life better. So because this was in response to a problem I had, it was product market fit automatically for me and my audience and then for yeah. you know the whole world. But uh, yeah, just make sure you're not too gung-ho about this amazing product that you invest hundreds of thousands of dollars in that maybe nobody cares about. Yeah. Um, don't be oblivious. So, yeah. You need to be flexible and move with the market and with the trends. Thanks, Daisy. Your resilience and courage to turn your problems into a successful business inspires me. I'm sure listeners struggling to start their businesses will also appreciate all the advice and take the next steps into launching their businesses. But there's a lot more that Daisy has to offer. On my next episode, she'll join us to discuss how she used social media to grow her customer base. Stay tuned to the Marketing Growth Podcast. 